Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Wozni Lombre, TYT All Star contributor. Always fascinating to have his analysis. Top story of the day superintendent of schools has decided to take out an ad against one of his own students. Interesting. This is an update. All because of the student's hairstyle. Let's put it up full mass. You remember this? Texas. That guy is Dr. Greg Poole. Dr. Greg Poole defended the continued suspension of the young Daryl George. You see, Dr. Greg Poole has the top job in this Texas district, went to school for a long time, got his doctoral degree in order to go against students in the local media. This was over his locks hairstyle, full page newspaper ad paid for by an education foundation. Daryl George, the young man has been suspended repeatedly by the Barbers Hill Independent School District for his hair. The teen's family filed a federal civil rights lawsuit saying the punishment violates the Crown Act, and it does. Let's put up the ad. The ad that appeared Sunday in the Houston Chronicle was written by the superintendent, Dr. Greg Poole himself. One of the quotes, being an American requires Conformity with the positive benefit of unity, he stated, referencing strict codes at the military academies. Quote, we have taken the highly unusual step of seeking a declaratory judgment in state district court to verify our interpretation. Poole went on to write. Now, a declaratory judgment is basically when an entity seeks a decision prior to full judicial litigation. Um, They're looking for a judge to declare that you are right on your interpretation of the rules, declaratory judgment. All right, let's put up the family and the leaders, so-called, who are against them. So the family of George filed the lawsuit against Governor Greg Abbott and the state attorney general, Ken Paxton. This is in the Texas Southern District Court, arguing that they failed to enforce the law outlawing discrimination based on hairstyles. Keep the picture up. The family is correct in their lawsuit, in their interpretation, in the assertion. The school district, they're not seeking remedy from the federal court. Remember, the federal court is the entity that would enforce federal law. They're seeking remedy through state court, hoping that the state court will have a vastly different interpretation of the constitutional protection. So Poole alleged that the family's lawyer said she wants to bankrupt the school district and his leaders during the legal proceedings. 
The district's policy does not prohibit students like George from wearing locks or braids, but it does limit hairstyles for boys, banning anything, quote, that would allow the hair to extend below the top of a T-shirt collar, below the eyebrows or below the earlobes when let down. Okay, that's their claim. So Poole's letter in the ad says the child moved to the district from one that allows longer hair. And every family has to sign an agreement to follow the district rules. Quote, ultimately, this is an issue of local control and deciding who should be settling the, setting the policies, goals, and expectations of our school district, who wrote. The messenger has reached out to the Barbers Hill Education Foundation, which paid for the ad for a comment on the advertisement. No comment yet. Uh, they are literally conspiring against a child who actually is right on the law and citing the insanity of, well, he moved out of a district that allows such things to a district that does not. You see, you can't really waive your actual legal and constitutional rights in a government operation. Understand that the school receives government funding. The rules that apply must be equitable to all. If you read his op-ed, if I can call it that advertorial more than anything. If you read it, he actually admits, Mr. Superintendent actually admits what they are doing is unfair to one gender. He admits that. He doesn't go as far as to talk about the race issue. But he does admit to absolute discrimination, which by the way is prohibited, regardless of what someone signed. All right, Wasney, this is a hell of a thing. Um, I remember there was a guy a few years ago, right? He took out an ad as well against um, some young black kids because he believed that, uh, well, believed it or not, he wanted people to believe uh, that they in fact should be killed. Um, and he never hmm. retracted that, even though the evidence was contrary to his own proclamation. This seems to be the same spirit here, different circumstance. Yeah, in 2024, the idea that we're still adjudicating stuff like the hair of young black people is absurd. And I do want to get to the core of this guy's idiotic argument about um, the things that people have to conform to within the military. One, the military is an all volunteer force. Uh, right. As opposed to this young man going to high school, which is compulsory, meaning he has to go to school. You know, he has no other choice. He has to be at school. And so the idea that a place that he has to be at is forcing him to uh, change his air, which doesn't disrupt his ability to learn in school or others. And, you know, this is before we get to the right of this guy uh that's it's ridiculous and again in the military and, and, we're, and we're citing this because this is what this guy cited in his argument in the military we're training our official killing machine okay <laughs> like you're training when you're gonna be in situations where you can pay the ultimate price we we can understand this idea that everybody needs to conform to these rules because they're gonna keep people alive why are you comparing school high school 
to the military. It just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and of course, obviously, this is racial in its discriminatory nature. Uh, and yeah, they're going to get their butts whipped in court, I hope. Yeah, they will. Uh, absolutely, no doubt about it. And to the attorney, um, the attorney is not bankrupting the school. Uh, literally, the principal and the superintendent are engaged in conduct to bankrupt their own school district. All right, we'll follow as it continues to update. Yeah, Trump won New Hampshire. And guess what? The people who voted for him, they would like him to bring back public hangings. Here it is. I'm giving you, you know, 20 seconds to say something to President Biden. If you had him right here and the camera was President Biden. I can't say what I want to say. I'm sorry. Well, say something that conveys. I would bring public hangings back. Simple as that. I think they should bring public hangings back and hang people like Joe Biden. Yeah, that's what he said. There's more, actually. Let's put up the graphic here. Uh, No surprise, Nikki Haley lost. Okay, uh, during the New Hampshire primary, Michael Shore, who does a great job, spoke to a Trumper who had a message for Biden, which was what you just heard. Trump will go on to win the primary, beating out Nikki Haley with over 54% of the vote. Despite her losing, Haley remained defiant, saying, quote, This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. Trump had attacked Haley viciously. He mocked her Indian first name, falsely suggested she was ineligible to be president because she was not born in the United States. Haley's parents immigrated from India and settled in South Carolina in the 1960s. Now, remember, Haley says not only does racism not exist, um, she has experienced racism, but racism was not was not a building block or foundational principle of America. That's what she said. So obviously, whatever Trump is doing against her by mentioning her ethnic name has nothing to do with racism. There's more, although Trump handily won among registered Republicans in New Hampshire. The results also demonstrate the hurdles Trump could face in a general election. Haley performed marginally better among voters registered as undeclared according to the exit polls. And those independent voters will be critical to any win in November. Trump's aides have argued that Haley should drop out of the race before those votes take place. And if she does not, then be prepared for a campaign to be demolished and embarrassed. Donald Trump is going to come up with a new bad name for her. (laughs) All right, Um, Michael sure spoke to some more New Hampshire voters. Here it is. What we're seeing is we're seeing an awakening in this country. And are returning to godly principles, godly morality. We've we've had we've we have no more tolerance. Tolerance is not a virtue in the Bible at all. Tolerance means to simply turn a blind eye to the convictions you once hold, held, and uh, that is going to be gone. 
We're not going to be tolerant of sin. We're not going to be tolerant of the woke agenda of the radical left. And Donald Trump will be the 47th president of the United States. That's very clear. If he were to lose again, what would that mean for the country? He will not lose. I'm a missionary and an evangelist. Okay, I pastor a ministry called Alpha Numa Ministries, and we're doing everything we can to see that America turns back to God, that America has another great awakening like it did in ancient times past, and that this, this nation becomes a Christian nation again. We want Christian elected officials. We don't believe in the separation of church and state to such a radical degree that we become a Marxist state. And we're done, we're done with it. America's done with it. The MAGA base is done with it. We're done with it. Second Amendment is in place for us to take up arms against a tyrannical government. It's a protection for that. And listen, are we going to fight the government with a tyrannical government with handguns or machine guns, whatever we're, you know, this is, if the government is tyrannical and goes unconstitutional and goes against our founding documents and becomes a Marxist state, that second amendment is for we, the people. Sir, your God is Lucifer. Trump is not actually a Christian. He's playing you fools. Also, the reality is this. Well, if you believe Donald Trump is bringing some kind of awakening and you are against sin. The man literally told you he likes to sin. He said he grabs women by the vajayjay because he can. Cheated on his wife, paid a woman. On record, we have the receipts. In addition to that, when posed the question, when Trump was posed the question, have you ever asked God to forgive you of anything? Trump paused for roughly five seconds, looked at the interviewer and said, no. According to Christian context, in order to enter, into the kingdom, you must ask for forgiveness. Who do you think your God is, sir? If you have to take up guns in order to be victorious for your side to win, where's the divinity that is supposed to protect you? Fight your battles. Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. These things in scripture. All right. Um, so here's the thing, Wasnick. Uh, these individuals in a cult, right? They're in a cult. They have um, a cult-like behavior. They've had it for a very long time. They're even more indoctrinated now than they were the first time. And I looked at this. I said, why is Trump winning in these Republican primaries even more so than he did the first time when we all thought it was just a huge anomaly, right? And here's what I've, what I've come up with. Um, I think the indoctrination of a normative occult-like society has taken root, which simply means the belief system does not get less real to them, it gets more real to them. The indoctrination becomes more prevalent inside of their thinking. And so they can seem very, very rational in a lot of other areas except this one particular area. And I think this is exactly what you're seeing. And I don't believe that individuals like him are are lying when they talk about taking up guns against the actual government of the United States. What say you? Yeah, that first individual, uh, I'm not going to lie. He seemed a little disturbed. I don't, I don't know mm. if he's on some level of substances or if he's having a mental health sort of break. Uh, he, he seemed not to have it all up there to uh, just to insinuate that what we're getting wrong in America 
is that we don't have public hangings anymore. Not that we don't have a strong middle class, not that labor labor um, density and strength has, you know, diminished over the years. Some of the most prosperous um, points in, in time of this country. Um, not that we used to mind our business and not try to freaking bomb the hell out of every single country abroad. Not that we used to, you know, hold those kinds of principles. This guy thinks what we're missing is public hangings. Obviously, he's got a couple of screws loose and and you know the individual who who had the jesus caucus for trump or whatever he had up there uh just this idea that you could be a christian and not believe in the principle of tolerance i mean that's quite laughable uh you've clearly you've clearly been reading a different bible altogether if the idea is that uh in christianity you, what you want is less tolerance for folks, um, more disdain for your neighbors, less service, uh, less charity. It's absolutely absurd. And yeah, to a certain point, I feel like these people aren't very serious people um, in terms of the problems that face our country. Uh, it's just about picking up a pom-pom and waving them for your favorite celebrity uh, as if it was a sports team, you know, as if you were a disgruntled Dallas Cowboys fan or perhaps a Falcons fan, Dr. Richie. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. You know, I get your point about the branding. And I do believe we have been a branded culture where we want to buy brands, consume brands, even in our political yeah. atmosphere. Uh, but you still got folk like him that stormed the Capitol. Uh, and mm -hmm. this federal government did not, in my opinion, respond adequately enough to that to stop that from happening in the future, uh, which you can't stop this from happening, believe it. Nazis, neo-Nazis, uh, they go to a university and uh, they do this. You have to imagine they literally practiced this in the, uh, you know, their mother's basement before they came to the university. They had the chance. Uh, somebody had to type out a script. Um, they probably <laughs> edited it a few times, uh, and then someone purchased uh, one of those. Uh, can we let's play it one more time? They they purchased this thing from somewhere in order to do this. We'll play it again. Here it is. <laughs> Yeah, I would have walked up to them and said, guys, are you, are you are shooting a movie? This is it's part of a film? Put it up full mass. It's actually real. Uh, per the root, white supremacist group made their presence known at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater when students who had returned to campus after a long holiday break had their evenings interrupted by the group chanting racist remarks and projecting hate symbols on campus buildings. Let's put up the school chancellor. According to a statement from Corey King around 5 p.m. Monday, the university campus police received reports about a group of four people causing a disturbance 
outside of Nillis Hall or Nillis Residence Hall. The disturbance they caused was captured on video by witness. The group appeared to be men dressed in black and red. They projected a series of phrases, including tread or die and blood tribe and the image of a swastika. In the video, the group is heard chanting, we are everywhere. There will be blood, blood, blood. And also white men built this in quote. <laughs> on, the, uh, on this first day of the semester, I ask all of us to reaffirm our commitment to our core values and not let the actions of an outside group that seeks to incite hate, division, and fear take us off course, the chancellor said in the response to the message. The actions of the group last night are abhorrent and go against our core values. We reject hate in all its forms. Chancellor, let's put the chancellor back up. I understand, uh, Chancellor, you are in a, a position of high public trust in academia. Um, this is a different type of opposition to education. You may want to say, we're going to make an example out of these clowns. Or perhaps we're going to pursue individuals like this, prosecute them to the fullest extent that the law will allow. Because you have a university police force, you have power there. Uh, King said the police responded quickly to the scene, but the group had already vanished. According to them, vanished, all right? Uh, neither video surveillance sightings nor any more witness sightings were reported for the remainder of that evening. King asserted the group had no affiliation with the school whatsoever, but said their actions are consistent with that of a group that had been visiting other campuses to wreak havoc. Amazingly, they have not been caught, even though they can go on college campuses, get out of their vehicles and start projecting racist symbols on their buildings, all right? All right, um, put them up. Um, the Roots notes the actions actually line up with that of the Blood Tribe, a group described by the Anti-Defamation League of embracing neo-Nazi and white people are superior ideology. See, this is a gang, all right? They operate like a gang. They're not a group, not, they're not an agency, they're not an organization, it's a gang, okay? Uh, just because they go by blood tribe rather than Pyru blood does not matter. This is a gang. A former US Marine turned tattoo artist and neo-Nazi leader. The ADL documents, Paul Haas, who built a white supremacist encampment in 2022, crashed a drag queen story time event in Ohio in 2023. In that event, a there will be blood banner was raised. Keep them up now. Now, this guy's claim to fame is that he was able to disturb a drag queen story reading hour. And his followers celebrate him for this. Since the incident, the presence of police patrols has increased on campus and students are asked to come forward with any information about the incident. Unfortunately, UW Whitewater students weren't the only ones to be ambushed by a racist, anti-Semitic tirade, particularly in the light 
in light of the Israel-Gaza war. So many campuses have been pummeled by these incidents and attacks that the US Department of Education had to open a federal probe in November to investigate the pattern of campus campuses becoming hotspots um, for hate. Now, this is when I also criticize the federal government because naturally they have a responsibility here as well. Federal dollars, that's our money, by the way, federal dollars goes to these institutions. Those federal dollars come with actual policies, protections, and adherence. You have to do particular things with them. You have to have certain policies of protecting students, including protecting them from racism. And when the enemy of education is so, let's just say, abnormal, given the normative day of education, the federal government has to step up in a major way with enforcement, not just a phone call or a person manning the lines. It's one thing to say, I have somebody I can call at the Department of Education. It's another thing to say, we literally have a way to stop this and to handle it if it happens based on the enforcement of our federal authorities. They don't have that yet. All right, Waz, any thoughts here? It's obviously a shame and quite regretful that these type of hate groups have felt a little bit more emboldened uh, to make themselves more publicly visible. Particularly in the last like three to four years, it's 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 been quite a sight to be seen. These this variety of Joker who takes a laser pointer essentially. I have a, one of those laser pointers for my cat, and if you turn the dial, it goes from like just a red dot to like a a, a drawing of a mouse in red. They yeah. did can that. we get one that says indisputable? Can we? Can <laughs> Probably, we do that? I think so. Indisputable. All right, that's what we're going to do. We're gonna, I'm going to roll they, up. To a white <laughs> university, I'm going to put up indisputable. Put indisputable. On <laughs> and the fact that they projected a swastika with one of those things and think that they're doing something, I think obviously this is hateful, it's hurtful, it's awful, and it needs to be stamped out. But I would tell our listeners, man, these guys can't win. Yeah. Uh, they they just don't have it. They're not going to beat us. They're not going to overcome, you know, our movement and what we're trying to do out here. And so it, this is just futile stuff of, of people who are going out of fashion, going out of business. And this is why they have to do this kind of look at me, Louie type of stuff. Well said, dear brother. They will not beat us. They will not win. I, can, I completely concur. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, next TYT reporter says, here I translate this educator's letter. Racism, 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 yet more racism. There you go. Yep. Brett Campbell, AKA dragging my ass, which means critical thinking is forbidden curriculum in his school district, talking about the whole you know, conformity garbage um, by the superintendent, really insane stuff. Uh, Lynn, I'm sure it was the first time these dudes were on a college campus. <laughs> well, no, if you count the one they had just came from, it was the second time. All right, and um, James Thompson, and thank you for that, James. I believe in the new test, old one was for hateful savages. Love it. Uh, and or step aside. I'm a lover. My mother has been from home and is on hospice. I have some, a little bit of help uh, for months of AML. Uh, bless your heart and uh, my prayers, positive vibes with you, all right? Okay, um, 
Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I'm WRT's with the Racine County Sheriff's Office. Stop because your seatbelt isn't on, and we're actually out. You put it on when we're pulling it behind you. I watched you. That's not true. And he looked like boiling forward, sir, when you took the turn on. I watched you put it on. We're not going to argue about a $10 seatbelt ticket. Hey, it's right here. Okay. Driver's license and insurance, okay? I'm not giving you nothing. This is not. Driver's license and insurance, sir. You're going to make this more difficult than it has to be. Are you planning on calling us today? No, you're not going to kill you. With your body camera, I have my seatbelt on. They're sir, running, right? Did you put them on, sir. Now, please put them on, or I'm going to ask you to step out of the vehicle. And when I do so, that's a lawful order. This and if I have to, I can forcibly remove you from the vehicle, sir. I All right? I broke my glasses. You like that? Yeah. $150 glasses. Well, that's your problem. Okay, you're acting like a child right now. My money? Here. You're acting like a child. I want your driver's license and your insurance. Here's everything I have. Here's my money. Here's my You're acting like a child, sir. Here's my card. Here's everything. Your driver's license, sir. Hand it to me. Take my money. Take this bill. Take it. Your driver's license, sir. You're just destroying all my stuff. You're ruining my holiday. You give me a sum that I'm doing. Ripping up the money. I spent $500 for my family. That's great. Driver's license. Are you are you intoxicated, sir? What kind of drugs are you on, sir? Well, here, here's a, you need this too. We'll just rip that up too. What kind of drugs are you on, sir? Got no down. Here, take this. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, so you can take sir. my money. So you can take my money. He's high on privilege, officer. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the way you do not handle traffic stop. But amazingly. He's not dead. He did refuse a lawful order. He threw things at the police. And the police still gently took his driver's license. We literally reported on a story, it was an uh, exclusive, where a young lady named Miss Cooper was sitting by herself near a beach. Officer comes up, tells her, License. Now, she asks why. He then says, I'm going to pull you out the car, proceeds to do so, and physically assault her, giving her a black eye. Her charges were dropped. He arrested her. We covered it. Charges got dropped. This individual, you have to imagine something. This individual literally opposed every command and started to throw things at the officers. I want you to, to imagine a black male sitting in that car doing the exact same thing, okay? Do you believe the officers would have been as courteous, as patient? I mean, they never acted as if this person was a threat. Then they started saying, what kind of drugs are you on? What, how much have you been drinking? Are you intoxicated? If they believe these things, why is he still behind the wheel? If you believe he's high or drunk, why did you take his license? This is the opportunity that the law gives you to temporarily detain. Nope, let's just make sure he doesn't have any warrants. All right, why is the hell of a thing, man? As I watch that, I'm, I'm reminded of all the times I've been told by certain people that all you have to do in order to not get killed 
is simply cooperate with the police, which go, which what goes and said in that statement, Dr. Richie, is that if you are uncooperative, if your ass get killed, it's your own fault. Yep. Right. Meaning so if this brother got killed in that instance, the police would have been well within their right to kill him, not even just forcibly restrain him, forcibly detain him. According to that logic, this brother would have had the right to be killed by the police. And so it's quite unfortunate uh, that, that people take that tact. What What I would say is that the level of patience and restraint that was shown by these officers, I would really hope. And pray that they extend that courtesy to every single citizen that they encounter, be they white, black, brown, or other. Amen to that. And that's the point. It's not that we wanted the driver to be assaulted. We simply want the rule to be equitable. If he would have got smacked up, I don't think I would have cried about it. But, you know, I mean, just know, <laughs> at, at a certain point, <laughs> he was like, supposed to at least, you come know. On. Come on, throwing money at the officer, that's ridiculous, (laughs) come on. They got away with it. A pastor caught up in a $3.2 million cryptocurrency scheme says, but the Lord told me to do it. (laughs) Put up the picture full of mass. All right. Elegio. Re Galado, an online pastor of Colorado. <laughs> I'm sorry, the story is, is quite insane. All right, so he's an online pastor. He claims he was following God's guidance uh, when he engaged himself in this fraud. He now faces charges of civil fraud and alleged in the alleged sale of 3.2 million in bogus cryptocurrency that state regulators say is practically worthless to those who fail for the scheme. Now, we got some twists and turns here. A legal complaint filed last week by Colorado Securities Commissioner accuses the pastor and his wife, her name is Caitlin, of scamming Denver's Christian community with counterfeit digital currency that had been promoted under the trendy moniker um, Index coin, okay? Confronted with the charges, the pastor released a video statement saying that he might have misheard the divine instructions <laughs> leading. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta get through the story. All right, leading, leading to the violations of Colorado's anti fraud licensing and registration claimed, uh, the pastor claimed. Um, the Lord said, this is a quote now, the Lord said, I want you to build this, the pastor claimed. We took God at his word and sold a cryptocurrency with no clear exit. You see, the pastor's basically saying, I was living on faith. I didn't know the exit plan. But God told me, and so I did it. Guys, I'm talking to all of the pastors who be caught up in stuff like this. Uh, (laughs) Do you think maybe possibly y'all are talking to the devil? If if you're ripping off people, okay, stealing money, 
and you realize it's wrong, at some point you got to say it's wrong, then maybe you're not talking to, you know, the Almighty. There's more. In a statement, state regulators claim the digital currency was marketed as low risk, high profit investment, already a red flag. Okay, every investment has significant risk. Uh, when in reality, the assets were undeclared and thus ineligible to be converted to cash through the typical means of a digital platform or trading exchange, rendering the coin practically useless. We allege that Mr. Regalado took advantage of the trust and faith of his own Christian community and that he peddled outlandish promises of wealth to them when he sold them essentially worthless cryptocurrencies. Colorado Securities Commission, Tong Chain said in a statement. Now, this is interesting because it kind of fits the mode of how Donald Trump wins primaries and how Steve Bannon stole money to build a wall that did not come. Remember, literally, Bannon said, give me money, I will build the wall myself. I won't get a penny of this money. And then he rerouted it through foreign accounts and got all the money back. All right, there's more. The filing said more than 300 unwitting investors lost millions of dollars. That is so sad. Millions of dollars, which the duo used to sustain their extravagant lifestyle. The couple allegedly sold the digital coin from June 2022 to April 2023. The pastor claims he and his wife only, they, they only raked in about 1.3 million from the sales and admitted to spending a few hundred thousand dollars on a home remodel. That once again, the Lord told us to do, end quote. And then he says, quote, either I misheard God and every one of you who prayed and came in, you as well, or two, God is still not done with this project. Come on, give me some more money. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> this man is facing serious federal charges and still conning people after he's charged. Uh, the pastor acknowledged he had no previous experience in trading cryptocurrencies, but said he launched index coin because God told him to. Quote, God is in the business of doing new things and breaking seals. And he did tell us to do this. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't have any experience in this industry. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to be caught up in something. The pastor blamed technical issues for his ordeal and denied anything criminal had occurred. Quote, we launched an exchange. The exchange technology failed. Things went downhill. The pastor said, I know this looks terrible. The business venture sank in November. Around the time the pastor said he had a mental breakdown due to signs uh, the operation was failing, uh, leading to demands from investors to get their money back. I'm putting him up full mass again. He has such a believable face. If they would have simply posed one question, Pastor, where's your church located? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wisely, it's really sad, man, because the individuals that that gave, right? They yeah. likely they likely are very sincere.
faith-filled people um, yep. who, who probably, ironically, probably vote for Trump because that's his crowd too. The, the Christian side or the faith-based side of this is being exploited by both political figures and figures of actual alleged faith. And so they're getting it both ways. So they get it politically. They're getting it now through people that claim mm-hmm. to be pastors. And the at the end of that equation is what? Usury. Give me what you've earned. Give me your money. And God is going to take care of the rest. And typically, they just end up broke. And they have absolutely no way of getting all of their money back. Yeah, it's one of the worst uh, grifts around is when people use you know, the veil of divinity um, in order to separate people from their hard-earned dollars. It's, yep. it's quite sad when that happens. And they hear this fool in his court claim talk about he must have misheard. It's uh, <laughs> it's funny because I'm reminded of, you know, my, my dear mom who's no longer with us. But I can remember times in the house where she would say my name in such a way that I'm just like, wow, okay, this is pretty serious. I better, right. you know, listen up to what she's about to say. I would think that if God... If I heard the voice of God himself, I would assume that I would probably get the gist of what he was trying to say. Like, I wouldn't get it completely wrong. Like, I'd probably be like, oh, you know what? That's a great point. Like, to completely get wrong, the calling of God is is nuts. But no, I throw it back to you, Dr. Richie, is obviously somebody who is faith-based and is in the church community damn near your whole life. Like, how does it feel to see these guys use the Lord and faith to just rob people for money, man? Man, it's maddening. It's maddening. Uh, And the reality is uh, these individuals will likely be forgiven uh, because Mm. that's part of the doctrine. And I try to encourage all of my faith colleagues in the ministry and beyond, um, you don't let other people hijack your faith. And God gave you a brain before he ever gave you a book. I truly believe the first book is nature, how things work, cause and effect, cycles, ecosystem, etc. Books came because of guidance from men. There's a reason why men could have more than one wife and women could not have more than one husband. Men wrote the damn thing. Understand humanity is affixed inside of that context always. All right, Um, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. I have some sad news to share. Marianne Kelly, one of our Twitch moderators, also known as Mary Animal, uh, passed away on December 26th after a courageous battle with health challenges, leaving a void in all of our hearts. Mary's family reached out to express their gratitude. They shared with us, quote, TYT brought joy and laughter confidence, and friendship to her. They were a bright spot in Marianne's life. She loved her TYT family so much. Thank you all for being her happy place. She is loved by so many and will be missed always. You know, at TYT, we will obviously forever cherish her kindness 
her spark, her strength, her unmatched sense of humor. If you would like to pay your respects to the family, we ask that you consider donating to your local animal shelter in her name. May she rest in peace. Um, I don't think we uh, take time to realize how much this community means to everybody, all of us, right? Um, because we are supporting progressive values. We're also supporting the value of humanity, who we are. Uh, sometimes we need to be replenished, right? So we need that connection. Um, so God rest his soul, all right? She will be missed. Okay. So deputies in Colorado decide to taser um, a 16-year-old human trafficking victim, allegedly. Uh, let's put up the picture full mass. This story has a lot of twists and turns, and it's quite unbelievable what these officers did. So per a lawsuit obtained by Atlanta Black Star, a group of Colorado deputies are alleged to have violated the civil rights of a 16-year-old child, a girl, who was reportedly the victim of a sex crime and used excessive force against her when she was detained two years ago in the West Cliff, uh, in West Cliff, Colorado. This was January 18th, 2022. Lawyers representing the young child identified as LZ in the complaint allege Custer County deputies, Michael Keir and Miles DeYoung and Megan Robbins alongside Sergeant Scott Henshaw. They were all involved in the detainment, which was caught on body cam footage. We have the screenshots here. The footage shows deputies or a deputy finding the then 16-year-old girl at a trailer in town with these two older men. Okay, look at this. They went into the trailer. These individuals are there. Deputies received a call that she ran away from home. So after the cop finds the teen, <clears throat> excuse me, hiding in a closet, he handcuffs her, leads her outside. The complaint says the deputy alleged the girl tried to pull away from him after they walked outside. So he forced the girl face first into a parked car. Body cam shows after some time. Deputy DeYoung arrives to help Deputy Keir take the girl into custody. So you hear Keir ordering the girl to get into the back of DeYoung's car, but she refuses to comply and lets her legs give away to sit down on the ground. You see it there. After demanding she get up in the car, the deputies try dragging her instead. And at one point, LZ suddenly turns ahead. Akira and alleged, it is alleged to attempt to bite him. And the deputy gives her a warning, which uh, while she, uh, while he's struggling to put her in the car, the young asks Kier if he thinks she should be tased. So Kier says no. It's on the video. He says no. Moments later, deputies finally got the girl partly into the backseat. And demanded she put her whole body in the car. So Deputy Keir asked her if she wanted to get tased when she would not comply and pulled out his taser. After deputies try ordering the girl again, the sick uh, Keir uses the taser on the 16-year-old girl, and the girl shifts her body 
so that she's fully inside the car. Before leaving the scene, Keir questioned one of the older men. This is the deputy. He questioned one of the older men the girl was with. He told both deputies that he brought LZ to the trailer from some unknown location and that she told him that she was 18. The man also said they regularly help addicts and others who need help and allow them to stay in that trailer. However, the lawsuit alleges that, quote, the situation presented all the hallmarks of sexual trafficking of a minor, but neither Kier nor Dion questioned the two men, furnished control, if they furnished controlled substances to LZ, the minor, were providing her with alcohol or were engaged in sexual activity with LZ. These things are normative investigative protocols. They did not employ them. Neither the two men were ever investigated for harboring a runaway or contributing to the delinquency of a minor, according to the complaint. Body cam footage shows Deputy Kier only wanted the man he was questioning, only warned the man about a warrant. So they run the background. One guy has a warrant for his arrest, all right? But decided to let him go as a courtesy while promising to return the next day if he did not go to court. So one guy has a warrant. He has a minor in his home. The minor seems to be either high or intoxicated, and nothing happens to him at all. The officer just says, I'm going to let this slide as a courtesy, but you better go to court. There's more. After leaving, both of the deputies arrived at the sheriff's office, where Deputy Robbins and Sergeant Henshaw, they join in. Here, also retrieves a restraining chair to put the girl into. After Deputy DeYoung opens the police car door and demands LZ, the child, to walk out of the car, she remains inside. She's still handcuffed. Deputy Kier threatens to shock her again if she does not comply and get out of the car. She refuses to move. So the deputy uses a taser on her once more and LZ cries out in pain before getting out of the car and into the chair. She also begins convulsing, hyperventilating, urinating in the pants, according to the lawsuit. Body cam footage does show her in distress and heaving severely. She's 16 years old. After restraining LZ, deputies then escort her inside the sheriff's office. And the rest of the footage shows her gasping for breath as she is restrained and being monitored before deputies further restrain her and put a bite mask on her. The legal complaint states that Deputy Kier believed LZ to be under the influence of a controlled substance during her detainment. He requested that she be charged with resisting arrest, but the DA dismissed that charge after the girl's legal team filed a motion asserting defendant Kier engaged in outrageous government conduct, end quote. Tyler Jolly. One of the attorneys representing the young teen said she was exposed to great injury, pain, terror, and risk of death, and that this kind of treatment would be excessive against a hardened criminal. To treat a 16-year-old child and the victim of a sex crime like this is absolutely disgusting. The suit seeks damages in a jury trial, and I hope they get it.
The Custer County Sheriff's Office posted this Facebook statement, quote, the Custer County Sheriff's Office received notification January 17, 2024, that a lawsuit had been filed against three former deputies, former deputies, and one current detention deputy. The lawsuit alleges that a deputy used excessive force while arresting a 16-year-old and, and two other former deputies, along with one current detention deputy, failed to intervene. The incident occurred on January 18, 2022, under a previous sheriff's administration. The current sheriff, Rich Smith, has not been served yet with a lawsuit, but is very concerned about the allegations. Sheriff Smith requested today the Colorado Bureau of Investigation review the January 18, 2022 incident, which is documented on body-worn cameras and in police reports. Sheriff Smith volunteered to support their findings up to and including the possibility of criminal charges. Sheriff Smith also notified the Colorado Post Director of the allegations. I got to say this about the current sheriff, all right? You have a chance here. Your initial response was proper. I would give you absolute credit for the initial response. Now, you should run a concurrent investigation along with the state authorities to make sure there's nothing left unturned. This was a child. This was a baby. The officers did not even question the men. What kind of connection or relationship did they have with these individuals who were housing this young girl? You know this smells bad. And honestly, Sheriff, because you're a constitutional authority, you don't have to play the game that other cops play. You can arrest other police officers. You can arrest former cops without the political backlash that someone would have as being an appointed chief. You should utilize the power of the people who elected you and do the right thing in the community by this child. All right, Wazni, thoughts? Just a tragic, tragic, terrible situation. Um, just the way that these police officers comported themselves. Obviously, in a previous segment, we saw the police act, you know, with a level of deference and patience yep. that clearly these individuals did not afford to this young woman who was so obviously in an adverse situation. Um, the idea that you would just manhandle and ragdoll a, a young lady like this um, is insane. And what I would say to folks is that the police, it's not just that they do this to black people, they do it to the people that they deem to be on the fringes and the edges of society who they yep. decide don't deserve a level of respect and dignity, be they white, black, brown, or otherwise. And so this it's just a constant theme with these folks. Um, when they feel like you're not one of the, you know, upstanding, up and up people in society, then you're deemed less than and deserving of horrible treatment at their hands. This is why we have to stand up for each other. This is why yep. we are better, more able, more effective as a closed fist rather than an open hand, right? So the unity is required. We stand with the victim and we advocate for justice for her and her family. All right. Um, hell of a thing. I was, you know, I was on the internet scrolling and um, I ran across this. Here it is. Don't add F5 to my damn car right now. You, do, you know you're supposed to be here. Right now. 
I actually would like to see that one more time. Just I'm trying to see something. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, that's one way to do it. Uh, put up the picture full mass. TikTok caption read, Devin, get outside of that car. Um, according to the post, uh, the mother showed up at a club because she found out her underage child was there. Went to the DJ booth, uh, grabbed the mic from obviously an 18 year old. Uh, and proceeded to take over DJing the party. And in her DJing skills, um, she had a remix about your mama showed up at the club to drag you out because you're 16. Uh, Wasney, you know, um, we've all kind of been there. I yes. gotta say, man. Yes. I have never been they're quite like this young man. No, 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 no. My mom has never shown up to the place that I wasn't supposed to be at. I definitely got a smack upside the head by the time I came home. And probably the next time a couple of the homies came over, she gave them a stern talking to yeah. about the, the foolishness that we were engaging in. But for this woman to get up out her bed in the robe, still in the headscarf, and to let it be known, and my favorite part was when the MC or DJ tried to grab the mic and she, right. <laughs> she exactly. elbow, right. sharp elbow. That was my favorite part. Right. Uh, she She's not getting this mic back. No, no. She she seemed to be the the only adult in the room. By the way, uh, there's a lot of young people there, but she made sure her young person was up out of there. All right, yeah. we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Charlie Kirk, once again, goes full racist, puts black pilots um, on blast, has some other stuff. He says, if I see a black pilot, I'm like, I hope he's qualified. Um, it is a lot. Here it is. And that's why I think this United story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane when the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like, I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit before we took off. And I feel better now. Thank you. No, I mean, about like, that. you want to go thought crime? Like, I'm sorry. If I see a black pilot, I'm going to be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. Well, well, that's the you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have. You no, wouldn't have done that not, before. That's not an immediate. No, you wouldn't that's have done not that before. Who I am? That's no. not what I believe. It is the reality the left has but created. When I, 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 I get on an airplane, you know, I want my got my pilot to be like, "Hi, this is Chad." Uh, maybe like a little bit of a southern accent. Chad Buckworth here. You know, no, Chad. Yeah. 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 Like, this is my thirty-one thousandth hour. I'm kind of bored, honestly. Yeah. I could do this yeah. in my Charles, sleep. But exactly. I want. Yeah. I, 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 I want just like cookie cutter. Like, pilot. yeah, this is so. This is so easy to me. I I don't want Laquisha James. They have who that comes like pilot up, voice, and she's just like, "Hi, ladies and gentlemen." Pray for me. <laughs> and the, tr look, the, tr look, and the no. truth is, is, it's just this is a creation that the left wanted. Because and, and, and they they think you can't say anything about it because they'll call you a racist. 
And this is where re you, we really have to take the gloves off yeah. and say your name calling will not get in the way of people's safety at 35,000 like, feet. Take the gloves off. Call you a racist. Sir, you are. You know, I'm so glad that one day in the great by and by, all you gentlemen who go to a Christian church, you're gonna have to come to the realization that Jesus himself is a man of color. I don't know how you're gonna deal with it. That may be actual hell for you. Okay, uh, here's the thing. So Charlie Kirk and um, your band of bandits here, understand that actually for capita, typically black males, black females, inside of a corporate industry have more qualification than their white counterparts. So the argument of qualification does not bear out in the statistical data. I thought you were a facts guy, looked at stats. You know what I think? When I see a black pilot, this guy must be really good to make his way through this very white male dominated industry in order to become a pilot here. But you think totally the opposite. And then blaming the left because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, Kirk, are you aware that diversity, equity, and inclusion does not qualify a non-qualified individual to the qualification ranks? Did you know that? In other words, you still have to be qualified for the job. You cannot be unqualified or not qualified and still somehow get the job because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You may not have known that because I don't think you read. So um, you would think that such comment would draw at least some level of backlash from the workers, uh, but uh, you'd be wrong. So what did Charlie Kirk do? What any good racist would do? Find him a token in order to validate his racist position. This is the ultimate, but I have a black friend who agrees with me. How can I be racist? That makes him racist too, doesn't it? Here it is. Patients of this, we're a truth sinking show, but I can say declaratively, this guy is not worthy of a national holiday. He is not worthy of godlike status. In fact, I think it's really harmful. It doesn't phase me, as you well know. We did yeah. a whole show on MLK and yeah. the whole thing. And he's just so everyone knows, I, I called Pierre up before. Yeah. We called up, we're like, hey, man, we're doing this. And you were like, I was trying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it, though. I loved oh, you, it. You did? Well, thank I love that you were bold. And I, that's, that's very sweet. Thank there's you. so many black conservative heroes. Like, there's some, you, MLK is not, he's not God. You and know, he gets his own national holiday, higher yeah. approval rating than Jesus, right? Yeah. How does your family treat you if you're if you're okay talking about that? No, I'm I'm totally okay with it. Um, my family knows we've had these conversations, so they know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest about it. So my mom actually she didn't when I first had a conversation with my mom, she didn't take it so well. But the final straw I think was when she saw my support for Trump, and my mom and I actually stopped talking for about two years, and um, I was a I guess the embarrassment to the family uh, because of my support for Trump. I think that was way too far for her. How'd you handle that? I mean, I would be lying to you, Charlie, if I told you it didn't hurt. Um, it's my mother. <laughs> so it definitely hurt to to hear that you're an embarrassment to the family. Mind you, I'm not out there doing drugs. I'm not out here gang banging. I'm not doing, I'm a college grad. I mean, I'm not doing anything crazy with my life where I would feel like I'm an embarrassment. I just simply have conservative beliefs and I'm supporting the conservative candidate. Can I ask a provocative question? Sure. In black America, would be embracing of Trump looked more negatively than gangbanging at times? 
Not in your family, but generally. I, one would think, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> your mother was trying to do you a favor, sir. She was trying to make you come to your senses and was hoping that a sharp contrast in the relationship would jolt you out of the cult. Sometimes it works, sometimes it does not. Here's why you're an embarrassment. You decide to talk to a, a racist about racist commentary as he's talking against an actual hero of our nation, someone who raised the collective consciousness of our entire society and by proxy, the world itself, who was assassinated for his beliefs, decided to still put his life on the line, even though he knew he was probably going to be killed. You go on a show to besmirch the character of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. along with Charlie Kirk, who brought you on to do nothing more than to talk about how great white people are and how bad black people are and how Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is not all that great. Sir, you are a broken black man, severely. Now, I challenge you. You believe in the rhetoric you spew. You can come on this show anytime. Um, I'm not a track star. Ask your friend Charlie Kirk when I flew all the way to his damn state to mop the floor with him. All right, Wozniak, thoughts? I mean, Right, <laughs> we've known this our whole lives, Dr. Richie. Like, this is what these guys exist to do. And any black person who wants to make a fool of themselves by disparaging the very notion of black struggle and black liberation here in America and all over the world, there's always going to be a seat at the table for you um, in conservative and establishment circles. That goes everybody in our space in our industry knows that there will always be room for a black person who goes on and speaks contrarily to the achievements and the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, Charlie Kirk is just hilarious because uh, I love this idea that, that there are white people that would be displaced by unqualified whites. Charlie Kirk knows he's a hack. He's talented. He's talentless. Um, there's nothing particularly smart about him. He knows there's nothing special about him. So, like, if, you know, a bunch of black people and people of color got their just due, he knows he'd be on the chopping block. He's not special, not talented. He understands that average as he is, if more black people got a fair shake, um, he would be out of a job, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, and by the way, I'm I'm not the biggest... Uh, DEI sort of freedom fighter either. I, sometimes I think uh, these DEI issues get get preference to um, above issues that affect more black people, quite frankly. You know, I've seen the other day that Kenya Barris is going to get to make a, a black Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, yeah, this is what DEI in Hollywood gets you. I don't know how many <laughs> black people are served by this guy getting to make that movie. You know, so I'm of two minds in this thing. But let's be let's keep it all the way 100. Um, in the professional class, if more black and brown people got a fair shake, Charlie Kirk couldn't exist. That's just period. And that's right. why he feels so threatened by it. And the Charlie Kirks of the world, right, of the world cannot exist. Because period. this is not about qualification. This is about 
uh, equitable opportunity. And once you even right. the playing field, all of a Widen sudden- Widen the scope of your inquiry, right. guys. That's we right. can do there better than Charlie Kirk. We'll see it. <laughs>
You provide zero additional security measures in order to stop the would-be threat or the ongoing threat. But you have warning of threat. You now have a premises liability claim because the company, well, they have a responsibility to make sure you're safe, especially when there's when there's an issue that has been filed or logged on record. I'll reach for comment. Our representative Starbucks said, "Quote." The safety and well-being of our partners, employees, and customers is always our first concern. All partners are expected to follow our carefully crafted protocols to ensure the safety of customers and partners during these situations. Um, uh, Laxman, um, let's put up the uh, CEO, Starbucks. So he says, um, yeah, he stands by it, obviously. And it's interesting because uh, who crafted the well, uh, how do you put it? Well, or carefully crafted protocols. Because, sir, if you are a part of crafting these protocols, you couldn't fight yourself out of a wet paper bag. The man was hit on top of the head with a gun. Okay. Whatever your training policy may suggest you do, when was the last time somebody cracked you on top of the head with a gun? Everybody got a plan, Doc, until they get punched in the face. All right, Wozni, this is a hell of a thing, man. These individuals were celebrated as local heroes. All of a sudden, Starbucks does one of the greatest PR disasters of this year, and they decide to fire them. I mean, these are these guys are exemplary employees. They, they went above and beyond the call of duty. All we hear all day, every day, Dr. Richie, especially if you watch you know, mainstream news is about the apathy of the worker. Oh, these workers don't want to come in and work mm. for this. They expect the world, blah, blah, blah. Young people, they don't have a work ethic. These guys showed so much character and heart and bravery. And the idea that they would be punished rather than rewarded for this this bravery is absurd. And I think, man, this story is going to get around and they're going to get their just due because they certainly deserve it. Very well said. Well, I tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Of course, I'm Big Wads on every single social media platform. Uh, check us out at TheRinger.com for our sports and pop culture coverage. And make sure you check out The Woke Bros every single Friday with me and my co-host, Nando Vila. Thank you, dear brother. Appreciate all you do, man. All right, all right y'all. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.